everybody. Welcome back to Yes, She Did. Today, I'm here with my friend Kennedy. Hello. And she's definitely fits under the umbrella of girls that are kicking ass on the internet. So she's going to tell us a little bit about her story and how she got into what she's doing today. And it's really awesome. So let's get to it. Um, yeah, so I'm Kennedy. Um, I moved to LA five years ago after originally pursuing a career in petroleum engineering. I went to college in Texas to start with that. Um, I spent a year and a half studying engineering before I realized it was absolutely not my passion whatsoever. Um, but that kind of left this big hole in my goals where I didn't know what I wanted to do my entire life. You know, I thought just going straight to college and then getting a job. Uh, outside of college within the realm of my major was going to be what I did, but it, you know, that's not the path that I ended up following. So I moved out to LA and did realize my passion for fitness. I was a competitive cheerleader for a really long time. So fitness definitely fit into something that I cared about. And so I got certified and I started working as a trainer and that kind of took me into the world of social media because at the time that I started being a personal trainer on the internet or no, not on the internet, I'm going to start that over. Mm-hmm. At the time that I started being a personal trainer is when this whole women's fitness craze took over social media. You know, you hired all of these girls trying these different 12 week guides and starting Instagrams for accountability and in that same nature, I thought, how can I capitalize over this by, you know, essentially marketing my own business, my own personal training business? Because I wasn't a 12-week guide. I was just one personal trainer in Los Angeles working at one gym. And it's a small gym. And that's really, really hard to get people from all over LA to want to come see you. So I started this Instagram page, um, which is which name has changed, I think, eight times before <laughs> I just decided on my actual name. I was like, I'll just call it Kennedy Meek. But um and I just kind of tacked onto that, that growth of women's fitness on the internet. And from there, you know, I just continually was posting. I was continually adding knowledge to my platform and telling people what I had learned through my personal training certification and my um, working in personal training because I was genuinely just so passionate about it. Um, and then from that women's fitness craze started the trajectory of women's fitness bloggers. You know, all of these women who started these accounts started blowing up on the internet um, just because of their results or their knowledge or their lessons and their just their take on all of it. And I started to see a little bit of that growth in myself and I started really understanding the power of content creation. Now, for anyone who doesn't know what content creation means, it's basically kind of self-explanatory. It's the art of creating aesthetically pleasing gravitational content that people want to see, that people want to react about. So whether it's for marketing purposes, whether you're trying to market a brand or a product or whether you're trying to market yourself or whether you're trying to just get your voice out there, content creation by means of social media has just sweeped the marketing nation. Um, so I think your story, it's really interesting because, you know, you took something that you were passionate about, you were passionate about just working out, getting into fitness and everything, and then you you found this content creation like umbrella and you were like, Hey, like I can really like make some money off of this. And fitness fits into it. Yeah. You know? Um, and you know this by being on social media too. We've talked about the growth of your different platforms. It doesn't matter what you're doing. Yeah. These, these platforms can work for you regardless of what it is. Um, and I think that was the biggest takeaway I got from it is because I'm a very artistic being 
at nature. And so the, the process of curating an Instagram, which seems so silly to people who don't understand the platform was like one of my favorite things to do. The process of editing photos, of learning how to take pictures, of learning how to optimize your accounts, just, it really turns into an art form at some point. Yeah. And how did you, how did you learn how to do everything? So were you just like thrown out in the wild and like, you were just like, okay, like when I start editing these pictures and like putting different filters on them, they do better. Like, how did you, how did you learn how to be a content creator? So, um, one girl that I knew from home that actually moved out to LA to sort of pursue a similar career as me, um, reached out to me on Facebook and was like, can I add you as part of my Pinterest board of blogging tips? And I was like, yeah, for sure. I'll be on that. That sounds good. And it was interesting how much knowledge I found on that and how, and basically that kind of started this, this domino effect of being self-taught. Like I literally scoured Pinterest originally for ideas. Then, you know, I talked to any and every marketing creator I could ever get my hands on. You know, I, the gym that I work out of has so many different clients that work in the business field. And so yeah. I just picked their brains. I picked their brains while I was training them. So you're just using the network around you, seeing what they know, taking every, everybody else's knowledge and just kind of applying it to Yeah. It was a lot of self-taught. And, it was a lot of self-taught. Um, yeah. That's really awesome. But I mean, the industry that we're both in, you kind of had to. This whole yeah. industry only started about five, six years ago in the magnitude that it is now. And there are no textbooks on this. There are no college classes on this. However, there are now social media marketing classes, which I right. think is very cool. But that is interesting. At the time, there wasn't. There, this just came out of nothing, and there were no rules or roadmaps. It was just what worked worked, and what didn't didn't, and you moved on. Yeah. And I think it's still that way a lot of ways, which is why pad- podcasting is becoming such a prevalent part of social media because yeah. people want to listen, people want to hear, um, and you can learn a lot. You when you learn listen. so much. Like how many times do you listen to podcasts while you're exercising or driving yeah. all the time, you know? Um, yeah. And so that kind of pinballed me into working with other content creators. Um, I'm the assistant content creator to um, a fairly large name, Ariel Laurie. Now, um, additionally, I am head of a project at the gym that I work at. We are creating an online fitness platform that I am basically director of the entire project. Awesome. And the social platforms. So it's really interesting to look back five years ago, having absolutely no idea what I wanted to do Yeah. to see now that my talents that I didn't even realize were talents kind of all came together into a job field. That's ultimately my dream. Yeah. I mean, that's really absolutely amazing. Like, you know, you, can you tell us a little bit about your transition from being in something so wildly different than contribution into engineering to kind of making that decision to just kind of be like, okay, this isn't for me. I'm moving away, guys. Yeah, um, for sure I'll talk about that. So, you know, I grew up really good in math and science, and I took the ACT and got almost a perfect score in math and science, and my dad works in the oil industry, so it made a lot of sense for me to go into petroleum engineering. I had heard my entire life the the annual income of a petroleum engineer yeah. and how if you're chasing money, this is where you need to go. Mm-hmm. And so um, I got into Texas A&M, and I ended up originally going for petroleum engineering, um, there are a lot of other aspects to this story, like the fact that I was probably partying too much and not really <laughs> of focusing, but um, I just, I couldn't, I w- didn't feel stimulated. I felt first and foremost belittled for being a female. Most of the classes that I was in, even at, you know, general ed, you know, because yeah. freshmen aren't in 
highly specialized classes mm-hmm. were all men and all men who did not, we'll call them boys, but all boys <laughs> who didn't see value in the fact that a girl is sitting in these classes. You know, yeah. my professors didn't see value in my questions or my input. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was all subconscious, but if that happens to you day after day after day, pair that with the fact that I'm in college and can pretty much drink and party whenever I want. Yeah. Am I going to go to class and feel focused or am I going to go party? I'm going to go party. Yeah. And so it was after the end of my freshman year that I realized this isn't for me. You know, mm-hmm. I'm a very motivated and driven person and I can't even get myself to sit through a chemistry class without falling asleep. Yeah. And wow. I know that that wasn't me. And, mm-hmm. you know, for so long it was this internal narrative that I was telling myself that I wasn't good enough, that I'm not smart, that I'm not capable of having a career that, you know, I might as well just get married and have kids. Cause I think that that's my worth and value. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I realized looking back now on it is that it just, I wasn't in the right place at the right time. Yeah. I wasn't passionate. I, I was good at it mm-hmm. when I tried, but I wasn't passionate. And, you know, if I really, think about the biggest lesson I learned from that process of going from a trajectory in engineering to working on the internet. (laughs) It's that I found worth and value within myself doing something that I was good at and passionate about. Yeah. And that's an awesome lesson. Yeah. I mean, I think that's all we can hope for finding something that we love. You know, what do you always, what do people always say? Like find some, find something that you're passionate about and learn how to make money off of it. And you'll never work a day in your life. Pretty much. And (laughs) you know, I'm constantly driving around all the time. I'm constantly on my phone. I'm I'm literally never not working. Email is the first thing I do in the morning. And yeah. like, you'd think I'd complain about it, but I don't, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's because it's, it's a profession that allows me to be creative while also using a very, very fine tuned formula that you yeah. kind of have to follow. So it's a little bit of a best of both worlds. It definitely engaged a lot of the scientific and analytical aspects of my brain and what I'm interested in and this massive creative side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, that's it's a really good point that you make because there's a lot of people out there that are finding themselves stuck or they feel like, you know, they have to continue with what they're doing even though they might not be happy about it. And, you know, this is a, this is a really good lesson. You know, if you're unhappy in something that you're doing and you just feel like it's just simply not for you anymore and you just, you know, you've been contemplating taking a step back and maybe reconsidering and doing something else, you know, it's okay to go do that. You know, if you, if you try and you fail and, you know, it might work out because it worked out beautifully for you, but, you know, it might, it might not work out for other people and that's okay. And it's okay to make those decisions. hundred uh, percent. And it's like, you know, you always hear that excuse, like I'm too old. Yeah. First of all, I'm really tired of 20-somethings calling themselves old. I literally can't hear it anymore. Like We are not old. We yeah. have so much professional life ahead of us, and it's okay at any point to change careers. My mom went and got back went back to school and got her master's in social work at 49 years old. Like, wow. You know, that's to awesome. you and I, that's like, oh, that's too old to go back to school, but she didn't think so. No, she you is know? rocking it. Um, and you're allowed to do that. You're allowed to pick up and leave if it best serves you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the one downside is doing what you and I do, this whole entrepreneurial, um, process takes a lot of drive. Oh yeah. It's, it takes drive. It takes grit. You know, you got to commit to it too. You have to commit. It's not, I don't wake up every day super excited about my job. I don't wake up every day with, mm-hmm. you know, this, motivation that everything's going to work out exactly how I want it to, you know, like it doesn't always work that way. No, it doesn't. Um, but you know, if I look back on my story, 
every single time that I thought I was going to quit, which at the time seemed like seemed pointless. You know, it seemed like, oh, it's fine. I just started out. But if I quit every single one of those times that I said I was going to quit, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today. Exactly. You know, you got to work through those really tough times and you, you know, you're feeling down or you feel like it's not super, you know, going super great as you planned, but you know, you just got to drive right through them. And that's awesome that you found your way. Thank you. Yeah. So, I mean, I think your story is really, really great. And, um, I'm, I hope, you know, you continue like doing even greater things with social media. <laughs> Thank you. I saw you just actually, you just hosted an event, didn't you? Yeah. So that's been a new endeavor in my whole, I guess, career. Um, you know, I kind of branched my career in two different directions at the, or I guess three different directions at this point. I'm still a personal trainer mm-hmm. and then I help other brands grow and I'm also you know working directly with a pretty large influencer as I mentioned before but then the third branch is my own brand um which is pretty easy to neglect because passion projects usually don't make as much money as the other things but um in efforts to kind of work with that I partnered with a good friend of mine in a wellness event so we hosted 60 people in um a fitness studio in Playa del Rey and we hosted a workout that I taught, and awesome. then we had a meditation, a brunch, and then we had a five-speaker panel of um, entrepreneurs in the wellness space, both male and female. Um, you know, one thing that's, I think, really lacking in the fitness industry right now is diversification of genders within different events and opportunities. You see, like, strictly female and strictly male events, yeah. which you know, to each its own, but there's this whole lack in the community of, you know, cohabitating as male and female and yeah. being able to support each other versus seeing these men as big meatheads and these girls <laughs> as frail little Pilates instructors. So, um, it was really cool to be able to, you know, conjugate both male and female in a room, teach them a workout, show them an aspect of meditation, and then hear from experts in this field, how they created a business yeah. out of nothing in the wellness space. Um, so it was, it was probably one of the most rewarding parts of my career to this day. That's amazing to hear. I mean, you, you went and took like kind of a, like a content creation world, which is like, it's a little bit behind the screen. And then so you, know, the screen. you went and you took, you know, your fitness and your wellness and you brought people together. You brought, you know, two other genders together and people just had, came together and had a great time. That's like, had to feel really good. Yeah. Being, it felt amazing. It, and it, felt am- that. <laughs> it felt amazing to hear the feedback that, you know, my, my biggest flaw I would say is that I don't always recognize my self-worth right. and I don't always recognize how much work I put into things and how much I deserve. Yeah. Um, and I think that's partially a female thing. Um, I think so. But it was really, really humbling and also very rewarding to hear all of these people, some of which I had only met that day mm-hmm. say like your event was, your event was cr- incredible. Your event was so well put on and I had a great time. Yeah. You know, that was so cool. And it was even more cool to see, uh, you know, my friends who, as you said, it's all behind a screen. It's hard to tell, show your friends what you've done or it's hard to show your friends the work you've done, but to have my friends come and support me and be like, wow, you do a lot and you do it well. That is, that is so cool, you know, because it all goes back to the fact that content creation as a career is such a new concept Mm -hmm. that, some you, people don't always get it. You tell people you work on Instagram, they're like, what? Yeah. 
what do you do? <laughs> they have no idea. Yeah. Um, so no, it was a really rewarding thing. And I'm excited. I'm going to be doing a few more events in LA this year. That's great. Um, both free and paid. So that'll be really exciting. That's super, that'll be super, super fun. More, more wellness events or just. Yeah. Like, more wellness events. Cool. Some with, some with some speaker panels, some that are just workouts hosted by me, things like that. But cool. it, you know, it really put into perspective for me, the fact that even though we work behind screens, it should be a community. It should be a group of people that actually get together and have fun and connect. Yeah. Um, so I want to be doing more of that. I want to connect people off screen as well as on screen. That's amazing. That's really awesome. I mean, you're creating a whole community of people behind you, which is even more like inspiring. Thank you. I think. Yeah. But so, you know, hearing that the event went so well, can you tell me like, you know, what's next in the content creation world for you? Um, yeah, I mean, I have a lot of ideas constantly. <laughs> I feel like I have this massive, massive vision board in my apartment that I just literally write any and every <laughs> idea that I have coming down. But a few things that are in my perspective right now, I'm working on launching a wellness guide. Um, it's going to be called Sweat and Reset. It's oh, going awesome. to be more like inclusive. Thank you. <laughs> it's going to be more inclusive than just fitness and health. It's going to be the entire entity of balance within your career and in your life. So working on launching a guide. Um, as I said before, we're going to be hosting a few, I'm going to be co-hosting a few more events, but also hosting individually a few more events. And then, um, if I could talk about like the biggest goal that I have mm-hmm. right now, I think it, I think my biggest goal would be to actually be able to create, uh, a work-life balance for me where I am consulting on multiple different brands. Like I would love to build other people's brands. One of my favorite things that I've realized in the past few months is that, you know, when people come to me with questions, I love answering them. I love really? shocking people with how the internet works. It's so much fun. So I would love to start consulting more. That's great. Um, and teaching people how to grow their own brands as well as growing my own. Yeah. So, I mean, what are the, like the, some of the key differences that you find when you're like growing other people as compared to growing yourself? I really have to keep my opinions out of it. Okay. Um, for example, we're working on an online fitness platform at the gym that I train out of right now. And... I have so many ideas, but I have to realize that the man I'm working for has a different goal than I would want to have for him. And so yeah. to really keep that to myself, to keep that you're the customer, mm-hmm. you're the person I'm giving advice to. I'm not creating this this business for myself. I'm creating it for you. And so I need to right. keep my opinions out of it. Um, That's a good lesson. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... It's probably hard to keep your opinions out of Oh my but. gosh, for sure. I'm so opinionated. <laughs> <laughs> and you just want to shake people who don't understand what you're trying to say. Yeah. Um, you know, and then also just really learning patience. I was very patient with myself because it took me, you know, I would say four years to get to where I am today, learning what I have. But to understand wow. that, especially, you know, the people who aren't in the millennial generation who didn't grow up on the internet, like they don't know what I'm talking about. So yeah. really having to remember to take it back to square one and explain to them, this is how it works and this is why versus just assuming that they know. Yeah. I mean, that's explaining exactly what you're doing, especially in like a new kind of world is always kind of going to be difficult. You know, it's not, we're not just focusing on the content creation world too. Like there's, you know, so many new things that are popping up that people don't even, don't always understand. Yeah. And it's about like getting people to accept like what you're doing too. And like hundred percent when you run into problems like that, you just have to kind of work right through them. But yeah, that's, that's really awesome. Thank you. Yeah. I've been having a lot of fun doing it. It's very rewarding. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm.
So you're in the fitness and wellness world, and this isn't always a world that's saturated with women. So can Not at you, all. Can you tell me a little bit about being a woman in a pretty well male dominated space? Yeah. Um, it. I went from being a cheerleader, mm-hmm. where um, <clears throat> so was I. Yeah, so, you know, cheerleading is all women, and it's yeah. pretty inclusive, and there might be male trainers or male coaches, but it's pretty inclusive to a predominantly male, you know, environment, and the first and most obvious difference and struggle is the sexual harassment, and yeah. that's a really heavy word, and I don't like to throw that word around a lot, but mm-hmm. there have been times where I have fully experienced sexual harassment to its highest regard by trainers Ooh. or by clients. Um, you know, and it takes a lot of guts and it took me a long time to really hold my boundaries around that. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, at first, if someone made a pass at me or said something inappropriate, it's just like, well, I don't want you to fire me. So I'm not going to say anything. And that's the whole problem in the first place. Um, so sexual harassment was a huge issue. I think the other issue is comparing yourself to them in regards to, I don't know, physical fitness as well as success. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I was actually recently at an event for a male clothing company and uh, they brought in women outfitted in a different company for the objective of bringing men and women together. And I loved that idea. I loved being brought onto this. But when I walked into that event space, the men were on one side and the women were on the other. Wow. No one one cohabitated. Is that a word I should use? (laughs) But no, no one got together. No one was talking. But you know what happened? As soon as I left that event, my DMs blew up from the men. Wow. And it's like, we are missing this level of com- connection and communication between men and women in the fitness industry. We are yeah. looking at it as a means of competition. Um, and I noticed that a lot when I come up with a good idea or I come up with a good exercise or I even just say something <laughs> moderately knowledgeable in front of a group of men, it's almost like they're intimidated by the fact that I know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And I, even to myself for so long, thought that I didn't know what I was talking about if I was in a room of men because they know more. Yeah. And it, and it's, it's just constantly ingrained in our brains. If you look at all of the different, uh, fitness certifications, mm-hmm. they're mostly taught by men. If you yeah. look at all of the different famous trainers, they're mostly men mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong with that. I, my boss is a, is a guy and he is incredibly knowledgeable and I love hearing from him because he knows a lot about his industry. Right. But to understand that as a female, having been a trainer for five years, I also know what I'm talking about. Yeah. It's probably like the biggest thing. It's just, I, I wouldn't go as far as saying I'm not always respected, but I'm definitely, my opinion matters less. Mm-hmm. My input matters less a lot of times and it, took a lot of courage and a lot of practicing to really demand the respect and the attention that I deserved in the industry. Um, to the point where now I don't have a problem going up to you and be like, I actually know what I'm talking about. Please don't belittle me. Like I don't have a problem doing that now. Um, but as a 19 year old starting out my fitness career, oh my gosh, I was terrified. I could only imagine. Yeah. So how long did it take you to like, really? work up honestly (laughs) I feel like I only really started implementing like these coping mechanisms probably (laughs) about a year ago wow okay um I had a a a male client ask me a very inappropriate question that I won't say on here (laughs) because I'm not sure how censored we're supposed to be but you know I literally stood up to him and I said that is so inappropriate I no longer wish to train you 
Wow. And he went straight to my boss and my boss was like, well, if she doesn't want to train you, she doesn't want to train you. Yeah. You know? And that was like the first empowering moment where I was like, okay, sounds good. Yeah. I, I can do this. I am equally as worthy of being here as any guy is. That's a really crazy realization. Like, yeah. Had to be quite a day for you when you realize that. Which is why hosting co-ed events and, and being in co-ed environments, it's so important to realize that, you know, we as females might feel insecure, but men have, like, these men probably are insecure in their own right. Yeah. So really connecting that gap and, you know, I probably should have been the one who went over to the guy's side of that event and said, hey, I'm Kennedy, you know, <laughs> but I was just so astonished that I, did, I was like, I was like yeah. frozen. Um, but it's a matter of getting the conversation out about, you know, we are, we're in this together. We don't have to be competing and there's not just one voice can change that narrative. It's, we need a bunch of men and women on both sides of the spectrum being like, Hey, it's okay to coexist and also grow. Bridge that gap. (laughs) Yeah. Bridge that gap, grow and succeed together. Yeah. I mean, that's we need to start pushing that gap a little bit more and you being in a space and just kind of already creating events like that are bringing people together and, you know, making it so it's not so weird that, you know, there's men and women in, in something that's really awesome. And, you know, you. We're, we're empowering women on this show, but we're also encouraging, you know, bridging the gap of everybody being connected too. So um, that's it for Yes, She Did Today. And you guys should definitely go follow Kennedy if you want to shout out your socials <laughs> yeah so my instagram is kennedy meek no spaces and then my website is bellaviv.com b-e-l-l-e-v-i-v-e.com cool and yeah that's where you can find me yeah awesome thanks for being here thanks for having me bye guys